We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou recording this after a shameful Niners game. I got I got a smile on my face because I'm smiling through the pain. I'm I'm a lifelong Niners fan, a lifelong Niners fan. Um, and I know you're a Raiders fan, but like it's worse being mm. a Niners fan because well, it's worse for me because we've gone to the Super Bowl a few times that we lose. We lose in heart wrenching ways. You know what I mean? I didn't watch Montana and Young, so this is what I get. Them, I get the <laughs> fucking worst lose, worst losses every single season. Seahawks never in doubt that we lose this game. So you know the usual stuff, the usual Jimmy, the usual mistakes being made. I, you gotta love this team, man. Every week, every <laughs> yeah. week. Well, that's not why people are here. We're here to discuss the Warriors. Um, we got a great, got a great mailbag episode today, uh, recording Ooh. the day after the Warriors, what I would call really their first clunker of the season. Yep. I th- There's things that happened in the Spurs game that I didn't like, but like in the context of the season, this was the first game I've seen them come out where I'm like, dude, you guys are just not into it at all, you know? Um, and through 24 games or 23 games, I'll take that. That's a third, that's over a third of the season, man. You know, it's like usually by this point of the season, you you usually have a few of those. If this was last year, they'd have like five of those. I, the only gripe I have about that game is I, I'm not Steph played 37 minutes. Um, they played most of the, everyone on the back-to-back except for Otto Porter. I'm not sure they should have done that. It just, I felt like Steve, if, if he loves Popovich, ironically, was going up against Popovich. So maybe he had a little bit more respect in the benches, guys. But I think if I were him, and especially in a long season like this after a big win, why not just sit those guys, right? Steph shot like shit. I think part of it was just he's exhausted. He's 33 years old. He's going to be 34. Like, he can't be expected to play those back-to-back type of games. So that's the only gripe that I have. Other than that, yeah. I mean, they, they just they threw a clunker, and they're down by 20, and it's, it's hard to beat a disciplined team like that. Yeah, for me, well, one, I can tell you, they're not resting Steph for home games. He's getting the back-to-back yeah, okay. rest on That's the road. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's um, fair. You're right. Two, they got <laughs> Joe not letting that happen. Joe not letting that happen. No, Joe's not letting that happen. Steph better be hurt if he's not playing on him <laughs> at, at Chase. You're right. You're right. The house that Steph Curry built, nah, not happening. Um, fair enough. What I was going to say is they got Orlando on Monday, Portland on Wednesday. It's a 
those are games that if they play their game, Steph doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. Sure. So he should make up his rest a little bit. I'm not too concerned about that. Um, so without uh, further ado, let's get to the questions. Cause actually we've got some great topics here that let's I would literally the topics I was going to mention to you that we should talk about. So from Gavin Brown, 40, why doesn't Steph take mid range shots anymore? So before we get into this question, I've seen this starting to float on social, particularly when the Warriors play terrible. People are like, God, Steph's just hunting the three, like just take it to the rim or just take the mid range shot. And you know, that the Spurs game was a textbook example that he could not shoot, could not hit shots and he didn't stop shooting threes. He didn't really adjust too much. Um, analytics ruining the game, Sam. That's what it is. <laughs> Numbers ruining the game. I actually, I think it's a fair point. I actually think it's an extremely fair point. I think, I think Steph should look at shooting mid-range jumpers if he doesn't make his first few threes. Um, I, I like that he was shooting the amount of threes that he was shooting. I mean, you can never go wrong with him shooting that amount and, and not being scared to shoot half-court shots at the buzzer, even when he's one for 15 from three. But, you know, it's, it's a, it's, I think part of it was fatigue, but I think part of it is especially in a close game like that especially in crunch time minutes, you don't need to always hunt a 28-footer, right, uh, with Steph, because he can essentially get every every shot that he wants. Also, the other thing is he's also not making the same amount of uh, shots at the rim as, as he used to. So I don't know what to attribute that to. It might be fluky. Um, he's a little bit of a slump right now, but I think all of that kind of, you could take all of that under consideration. Yeah, I'm trying to make a determination if he's actually declining at the rim or it's just a right. slow start to the season. Right. I, I kind of think it's just a slow start to the season. Uh, I see nothing that indicates a serious physical decline from what we saw last year. You know, now if you're going to tell me he's not as quick as he was in 2016, sure. But like he was finishing fine at the rim and I don't think he's any slower now. Than I agree. Was last year. I agree. Um, to your point, you are right. It is analytics winning out. This is Steve 2.0. Um, Draymond said it on his podcast. They want Steph to take 23s a game. They want to space the floor. They want to cut the mid-range out. And you know what? It's working. 19 and 4. They're playing a little bit of Mori ball where it's like you can complain. When, it's, when it looks ugly, like it looked against the Spurs, it looks really ugly. But the results are the results. They're 19 and four. And playing yep. this way has won them more games than it has not won them. So I, I think that's legitimately part of it. They want to be a team that takes a ton of threes and a ton of shots at the rim and limits the mid-range. And so far on the season, top five and threes, top five at the rim, 29th in mid-range jumpers. How, what we, do you think Steph wants to do, though? I think Steph wants to win. I think for me, so so a few people have thrown out, oh, feels like James Harden, and we know that doesn't work in the playoffs. And I agree with that, but I have more faith in Steph to adjust when it matters than James Harden. I always felt like James Harden used it as a crutch to like not go for it. It's like, well, they tell me to take the step back. It's like, bro, time and situation. You, you got to know in the fourth quarter of game seven, like you just got to get a bucket. I trust Steph to get a bucket when they need to get one and like kind of go off script than more than I trust James Harden to when it matters. I think Steph's just, he's being a team player. He's seeing how this works. You know, if they're down two one in a playoff series, do you think Steph's not going to adjust? I, 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 I was just going to say that. I, I think he's doing what he needs to do. Like the rotations, we know that he doesn't like his new substitution pattern, but he's doing it. I think it's effective. Um, and he's going to keep doing it until, 
until they don't until they ask him not to. So yeah, I'm with you. If they're down two one in a series, he'll take the shots that he needs to take to win the game. But as of right now, like you said, nineteen and four speaks to itself, man. Speaks for itself. And then there's the second aspect of this team needs Steph to take 15 threes because if you look at the player combination, Steve Kerr's playing, there's not a lot of shooters. Like Otto's a huge addition to this team. Ironically, he didn't play last night. You can see the impact of not having him out there, right? And Clay's obviously out. Now you got Jordan Poole who will shoot and Wiggins who's become really reliable and catching shoots. But like GP2, not a shooter. Juan, you kind of have to pull his teeth to make him shoot. Looney, not a shooter. Draymond, not a shooter. I'm not saying they don't have enough shooting, but they're kind of reliant on Steph to get 15 threes up. It's not like... It's not like they're playing four shooter combos out there that just give Steph space to like probe the way that, I don't know, like Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant can live in the mid range one, cause he's really good at it. But like two, because they put Joe Harris, Patty Mills, and like all these guys who have the responsibility to space the floor around. Yeah. 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 Um, it is funny that no matter how many shooters the Warriors get, they always have a shooting problem. I do think that's pretty funny. We'll see. It. <laughs> we'll, I, think, we'll see. I think Steve, I think Steve legitimately is like, I would rather Steph, have to take tough threes with better defense on the floor than Steph get easier shots with bad defense. Yeah, like yeah, I just, yeah, I just 100%. Just, 100%. This is what, year eight of Steve Kerr? You know the man. I, I, I kind of agree with him, though. Like, I, I kind of agree with him because end of the day, that's the winning type of basketball that you're going to need in the postseason. The, that type right, of we're, we're here to win. We're not here to, to juice Steph's stats. Yeah, <laughs> though, it be, though it would be nice. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, he'll be fine. Uh, the next couple of weeks, Steph is going to be insane. The hot streak that's coming. I mean, they could play. Let, like, let's just put it this way. If they played Steph, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Otto Porter, and like, yeah. You know, like Draymond, the Elitza. The Elitza. Yeah. Steph would average 40 and he'd average 40 with like a 50, 40, 90 split. But would they win more games? Nah. nah. Well, Not if you're playing those minutes, like 25 minutes a game. Exactly. Like you sit GP2 or JTA. To, yeah, I'm with you. Agree. Or, or Draymond, who, you know, he's amazing player but space in the floor is not his game <laughs> I, I, even, even if he's hitting even if he's hitting threes it's not like I, defenders are going to respect him i am getting concerned though with some of the guys where dealy doesn't, doesn't look like he wants to shoot threes anymore we'll see a little bit too much going to the rim jt you just said he, he just he's becoming someone that's almost draymond-esque and that he doesn't want to shoot threes i almost it's kind of hard to watch and yeah. then bielitsa is is he's okay but he's also not shooting enough as well he doesn't play enough honestly the warriors have this- porter I feel like the Warriors have this problem where if you think you can pass, coming to the Warriors is like paradise for you. But then you get guys like like Omri Caspi was the worst. But like you know you get you get guys like uh, Otto Porter, or, sorry not Otto Porter, uh, Bielitsa or Juan Toscano Anderson, like so excited that they get to be more than spot up options that they yeah. like they forget to spot up. It's like bro, we get it. You can pass a little bit, but like you're yeah. here number one to space the floor on offense We're, we don't yeah. need you to play make we got it we got a we got Draymond green to do that but it's like it, it, but it's almost too much right especially for i think jt and billy Eats are the guys that are probably the largest culprits of this mm-hmm. not that they're like comparable shooters billy Eats is a lot better but they're almost looking a pass first pass first each time and it's like at some point you guys gotta be a threat somewhere a threat you can't just become Draymond green on offense you're just you're not that type of guy you're not that guy those are not that guys. So you just yeah, gotta shoot. I, or, I mean, yeah. and quite frankly, I'd like it if Draymond shot more too. But Draymond's right. just so good at everything else at basketball, like A plus, 
at everything else that you're like, you deal with the fact that you're going to get a handful of possessions where you're like, dude, please, what, what are you doing? You know, like you just hope it's like two to three instead of like six to seven, which we had last year. Right. Right. Let's get to the next question. Um, you brought it up earlier. It, it was a question here from uh, Zevin Schuster. What's the rotation of minutes you'd prefer for Steph? And who gets in the eight, nine playoff man rotation? Let's talk about the Steph rotation first. Um, so you mentioned the new rotation pattern. I like it. I think it keeps Steph fresh, keeps Steph fresh for the end of games. I like that they give him a blow. So he's in for almost eight minutes a quarter. And he also, there's no chance of him in the fourth quarter playing just five minutes, right? Like that's really why I like it in terms of a rhythm. You can argue that he gets not, he doesn't have the chance to get into a rhythm. I don't know, right? Steph obviously doesn't prefer it, but at the end of the day, I think if Steph really, really hates it, they'll move away from him in a playoff series. So that's how I'd go with the first. I'll let you go first and then we'll get to the eight, nine, eight, nine man. So, so the two things, one Steph has scored 50 and over 40 twice in this rotation pattern. So I really don't want to hear that it's screwing with him. Like Steph, Steph, he's go watch his years with the other rotation pattern. He has five to six game stretches where he's tired. He can't hit a shot. Like it happens. You yeah. know, uh, we, we tend to remember those 10 minute, those 10 game spans where it's like, good God, he can't miss anything. And you forget about like the three to five game ones where it's like, he's more of a volume guy. So that's, that's part of it. Um, two, they don't win against Cleveland without the substitution pattern. That game sticks to mind because instead of having Steph start the quarter uh, um, on the bench and Steve try to get him in there at eight minutes instead of, you know, six, he starts the quarter and Steve didn't pull him for his mid quarter rest. He's like, I'm just going to ride this. We have to ride it. We need to get 30. Steph's going to have to play 30, 39 minutes. And this is, it's easier for the coach to control how Steph comes in and out. If he starts the quarter, in my yes. opinion. Yes. Um, this is kind of similar to the substitution pattern LeBron James has had for most of his career, to be honest. And that's why LeBron's able to stay in high minutes. If you notice, LeBron would always get a blow in, at about the six or five minute mark yep. in the first quarter. They come back in and then he would torch you at the beginning of the second quarter with LeBron and second unit against like, I'm just going to use the Warriors example against a Warriors team with Steph off the floor. And you got like LeBron and let's just say it's the Cleveland teams. Uh, going against like the Warriors second unit teams. And it, it, it would just be a Cleveland win every time. So I think this allows Steph to be on the court more. It allows the coach to play him more. And when you get to the playoffs, these blows may only be two minutes per quarter, 40 minutes a mm -hmm. game. You know, he may leave the first quarter at the six minute mark and come back at the four minute mark. And, and then when you're really talking about, it, you're like, I don't even remember. He was off the floor for five possessions. I don't even remember him being off the floor. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like they got three possessions and then like timeout and he's back in. The, the, the big key there is that they get to control how many minutes he plays in the fourth quarter. Um, if he's playing well and they need him to play the whole quarter, he will play the whole quarter. And it still only adds up to be about 37 minutes a game, which is only whereas we saw last season, right? Where he would, where they wouldn't put him into six, but then with the flow of the game and what's happening, if there's no stoppages, he comes in with 438 left. All of a sudden, what the hell is going on, right? Like he doesn't, and then and then with the way they run offense, he's not going to get a shot with under three minutes left, and all of a sudden the game is over. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Um, I really think that they should do it this way. In terms of 
And and let's and, be real, Steph. If if Steph had his say, he'd just play forty eight minutes the yeah, same way uh-huh. that like Katie, who currently uh-huh. has a say in Brooklyn, does. But does like, actually he plays all forty eight every single game, which they're yeah they're there. It's getting ugly over there. Eight man, eight nine man rotation. All right, goes without saying, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Looney. Mm-hmm. Um, at six, uh, maybe not as much Looney as. Five and a half. Her plays, but like five and a half. Looney's in the rotation. Igadala. Okay. Six and a half. That's seven. <laughs> Otto. Seven and a half. <laughs> eight. <laughs> um, I think that's your eight man. And then after that, it depends on the matchup. It might be JTA. It might be D Lee. It might be Bielita. It might be Wiseman. It might be GP2. Um, I think that eight man is like, the core, you know, and then after that, you, you kind of have to play matchups. I'm with you. Um, I think in terms of the matchup players that they have, GP2 is at the top of the list for me. Um, he's someone that doesn't turn the ball over because I think J- JTA is up there, but JTA turns the ball over way too much. And he's also not nearly the same defender that GP2 is. And right. he doesn't, if Andre Godal is healthy, there's really no point in having JTA out, out there. Um, so I think GP2 is that guy if um if if uh if you're picking one out of all the matchup type players he's he's and and he's an elite defender he can change a game with his energy there's so many good guards in the nba that i think he's the type of guy that you can sick him on damian lillard if you're playing him in a series um you can sick him on uh donovan mitchell if you're playing them right devin booker maybe even a little bit chris paul especially right so i think he's I would put it as a nine-man rotation with gp2 but i'm with you everybody else is 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 uh, we'll see We'll see. Just throw them out there, see if they're playing good. If not, don't play them in the second half type of thing. And yeah. really, that goes for Looney, too, honestly, as well. I agree with you. Um, by the way, Looney, he's been subpar, but Steve Steve probably needs to play him a little less than he has, but like he's still a valuable part of the rotation. He's their best defensive big um, outside of Draymond. But... You know, it's it's not his fault that they're playing him more minutes than they should. Also, he's going up against Aiden, which I feel bad for him for. Like it's it's, it's just, he's doing it's a pretty really- good job against Aiden, to be honest. Like, yeah. do you guys really think Wiseman's going to do a better job against Aiden? Yeah. Oh, can we talk about that? Is there, there, there's no question. There's no questions around Wiseman. I think, but no. yeah, I, I agree. Like. It's not like it's a straight post up. It's like it's pick and rolls. It's outrunning him down the court. James Wilson hasn't played basketball in a year. You think he's coming back off of Asking meniscus? Asking to play and, the most complicated position in basketball. Are you kidding me? Defensively, like, are you kidding me? Against one of the most athletic centers and a maestro of a point guard that's essentially a genius, he's going to play him like a string every possession down. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Draymond, or do you think he's going to make a difference? Draymond's the best pick and roll defender in the league. Like the way he plays cat and mouse with point guards is just like an art form. Like no one's better than Draymond at that. Basically a rookie big man who's very raw is going to get skewered. I don't care how big and athletic he is. He's going to get absolutely skewered. That is the hardest thing for anyone to figure out in the NBA, like how to guard a pick and roll, particularly against guys like Chris Paul, um, Devin Booker is actually a phenomenal pick and roll player too. Um, if you want to talk about other teams, like, yeah, you're going to LeBron out of the pick and roll, like good night. Right. Like yeah. it's the hardest thing to do. You, rookie young, big man's not solving that. No, not at it's all. And, not at all. And Looney has his limitations, but he doesn't make mistakes at all. Yeah. And he's always in the right spot and he's a pretty good defender and he can hang with bigs. Yeah. I, 
I'm with you, man. It, it frustrates me, and it's not even Wiseman's fault. It's like you guys are expect not, you guys are expecting him to be Rudy Gobert the moment he steps on the court. Get the fuck out of here. All right, next one. Yeah, I was gonna say, if anything, this team needs Otto to um, continue progressing physically because he's like that, like you know, big wing, like four or five man who can play next to Draymond and provide spacing. Or they need to find another guy like that for those playoff lineups because end of the day you want a guy who's kind of a kind of a big wing next to Draymond in the front court against playoff teams anyway you know it could be a it could be a flashy move like Pascal Siakam or Ben Simmons or something like that or like yeah. realistically it might be moving Wiggins to the power forward or it might be Otto Porter getting better or it might be someone else you know um like Otto who's less flashy than a max player but yeah. like effective who can do that stuff those are the type of players that I think the Warriors are going to want not want need to uh to hang in the deeper playoff series golden state warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find warriors tickets anymore because tick pick that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all nba tickets tick pick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, so there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick uh, for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, a uh, couple Chioza questions. So I'm going to go with Ramon Rican's question. Why is Chioza getting more minutes than our number seven lottery pick? Even Moody should get some of the minutes if Chioza is. I don't care if he can pass. He's zero scoring threat and zero defensive impact. I 
is it our first time watching Steve, Steve Kerr coach? This isn't even Steve 1.0 or 2.0. This is who he is as a coach. He doesn't tolerate just mistakes from young players. Um, there is no reason for us to think that Moses Moody can play or caretake the ball uh, the way that Chioza can. Chioza is a proven, at least a backup point guard that as, as much as it is to make fun of him, because we saw what Brandon Watermaker did last season, doesn't really make mistakes. Um, and then Kaminga, it's just totally different responsibilities and roles. Yeah, and different, different positions. Totally different. Same with Moody, though. You could say the same thing. True. And Let's, I. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why yeah. do you think Steve played Chioza both against the Suns and uh, oh, against the Spurs? And quite frankly, a few games back that he's thrown him out there kind of as surprise. I, I, I know exactly why. He just he doesn't mess up. He doesn't mess up. The Warriors have it. What are they like? Thirtieth in turnovers this season, like as close to it. And uh, what what their problem is? They just throw the ball around the court. If they come out and they throw around like five turnovers in the first eight minutes, Chios is coming in the game. Like that's the reason why. Like Kaminga and Moody aren't helping that. Kaminga and Moody aren't. Are it's almost like that, you know. It's yeah. funny about Chios. It's like uh, he's oh, God, playing. God. He's playing when uh, Iguodala's out because that's usually Iguodala's. Yeah. Oh God, it's such a great point. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's. That's why he's playing like Kaminga and Moody do not help with that. What they help with is energy and, and it, they help with what JT helps with. And the fact that JT is playing well means that there's no minutes for those guys. It's just a totally different or, role. Or like Moody should be fighting Damian Lee for that, like shooter yep. off the bench role. It's he's not, he's not a ball handler. Every time that Steve's thrown Chioza into there, it's been a game. They've been super reckless with the ball. And, and, and you're right. Like it's, it's games where they've, where they're turning the ball over and Steve's like, I need someone who I can trust to not get pick sixed every time. Um, oh, I know a quarterback that likes to get picked off in big games oh, all the time. Yeah. And th- piggybacking that um, they probably should have had Kuminga for the Spurs game. Um, just hindsight's 2020, but like back to back, that's the prime game that a young guy gives you energy. And they were down auto Porter who plays the same position as him. Like it would have been good to have Kuminga for that game, yeah. but like, uh, yeah, they gave Kuminga like 35 minutes in the G league. That's probably better for him anyway. I, I actually, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I probably, he probably should have played, but back to back games in the G league. I think that's better. Um, just those guys aren't going to help you win games. It's just, it's just energy stuff. Um, though they look good in the G league, Tim, the numbers look good. So hopefully they'll, uh, they'll make an impact soon. All right. Next one. Yeah, maybe we'll see them against Orlando or Portland. Those are we better see them against Orlando, <laughs> to be honest. Um, right. <laughs> Anthony's not bad. Uh, they're a bad team, though. From David Chen, should Steph run more on-ball offense? I think we can uh, we can copy and paste this question into like every month, every year uh, of of watching the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, I think this is a question reserved for the postseason. Um, for the regular season, I'm okay with them running whatever offense they want because Steve Kerr's system is going to be perfect in the regular season. Teams just aren't disciplined enough to defend that defense ever. Um, in the postseason, Sam and I have said it year in, year out. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You see, you see it against good teams. You see it against teams who have the Warriors scouted and jammed their off-ball yes. actions. Like the Suns and the Spurs, they know what the Warriors want to run. They kind of rush Steph a little bit. So, yeah, he should get a little more on-ball stuff, but it's not coming December 5th. I'm just I'm just going to tell you that right now. I will say um, we might see that earlier this postseason. 
uh, just because I do think with the coaching changes that they've had that Steve has made, there is a chance that they make uh, changes offensively a lot quicker than what they used to. I think Steve has always waited until he's down in a series. I don't think that's going to be the case this postseason. I think there's a little bit more urgency now. Yeah. I All mean, right. just with the type of defense you've tweeted about this, just with the type of defenses that they've run out there in the regular season, just the adjustments that they've made playing weird zones, right? Boxing ones and triangle and two stuff like that. Like uh, just a lot of different weird stuff that you normally never see from a Steve Kerr team. Yeah, I agree with you. It's he's, he's definitely coaching more matchups than his typical, like we're going to play our game and then, you know, just get yep. through the season that way. Yep. I'm giving you a segue, by the way, to the next question. To the next question. This is a nice question from Bernardo Vivas. From Bernardo Vivas, our, our friend in Brazil. <laughs> Best defense since 14-15 or this year? Okay, which defense is better, 2014-15 or this year's? 14-15, uh, easily. Yeah, I agree. Well, Draymond's better now than he was in 14 Oh, you think so? Draymond a little has like controversial. A, Draymond has a mental mastery of the game right now that he didn't have in 14-15. He was Not phenomenal sure. in 14-15, but like right now, Draymond's the best. I mean, he's just, he's like the Jedi who knows everything about everything at this yeah. stage of his career, right? But 15 had Prime Bogut, Prime Iguodala, yep. Yep. Clay Thompson, who yep. we don't have, um, Livingston off the bench. I mean, ooh, they had a lot of good defenders, a lot of great defense. Even when they lost games, it wasn't because of defense. Like both the Cleveland and Memphis series, they lost games like 88 to 90, like yeah. which tells you like no one was scoring on them at all. They were they were yeah. phenomenal on defense. So I'm yeah. gonna go 14-15. This defense, though, is really special, and I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs because again, they're not getting beat on offense. They're not no. getting sorry, they're not getting beat on defense. No, they're not. No, they're not. I'm with you. I'm with you for those exact same reasons. Prime Andre Iguodala. I mean, guys, what are we talking about here? Prime Andre Iguodala was the best outside wing defender in the entire NBA, like right up there with Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. The Warriors don't have anyone like that as much as I love GP too. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, the next part Wiggins, of that question. Wiggins has been phenomenal, but yes, there's, there's levels to Wiggins and peak Andre Iguodala. It's not and close, that's, man. That's it's not, not a, close. That's not an insult. Peak Andre Iguodala. Peak Andre Godala, LeBron and Kobe would say is like the best defender they went against. Yes. That type of stuff. So, yes. I mean, he's probably the best de wing defender of a generation. So. I mean, he, he was one of the main reasons that they freaking beat OKC in that seven-game series, that he was up against Kevin Durant and made one of the biggest swipe steals that you can make in game six down the stretch there. So, guys, it's not close. It's not close. All right, Bernardo's second question. Is this the deepest roster in the career? Uh, his first question answered the second question. It's 14, 15 again. Uh, it's strength in numbers, what Steve's favorite. But I mean, like you just said, that roster up and down um, starts with Steph Curry. But Leandro Barbosa, Sean Livingston, you mentioned. Most um, Spates. Most Spates, right? Just, Onion, just, Onion Kuzmich. All right. All right. Relax. <laughs> uh, but a whole, a whole, whole team. Whole team that that was, I mean, just that team was special, man. Like, just special up and down. The, now, it's not to say that this roster can't be as good, but we just haven't seen it yet. There's a lot of guys outside of Steph, Clay, Dre, and Iguodala. Um, we're going to have to see them in a playoff setting to know that whether they're going to be good enough to play or that in that setting or not. I agree. Um, I'm going to go 14-15 pending Clay's return. If Clay is legit when he comes back, I mean, I think Clay's going to be fine when he comes back, but depending how good Clay is when he comes back, I might give it to this team. But until I see Clay, I don't know. Mike, 
my, my general feeling on this year's roster is it's the deepest in this NBA, but I have questions about the high end talent pending Clay's return. All their losses have been, you know, Steph save us. And he doesn't have it that night. Like, I just don't know that they have enough high end talent right now. So uh, Clay probably solves that, but I got to see it before I believe it right now. So, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that one. I have a, I have an I affinity felt, for I felt yeah. strongly about it before the season started with the way they've played so well. I've now kind of moved to Clay might be enough to get him over the hump. You were, you were, you were all in on him not being enough. And now it's changed. And also, I think part of that is I think the rest of the NBA, the rest of the league is not, it's not, it, I mean, it's, I shouldn't say it's not great. That, that just, that's disrespectful. But I think that the Warriors, with the way they are today, there's no team in the league that you could tell me is automatically better than them. I think the only team that you can make an argument for that for right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. To say in a series that I would say, oh, I think if Clay isn't fully healthy, I think Milwaukee's going to win that series. But every other team out there, I think if you tell them in a series, I think, yeah, I could see the Warriors easily winning the title against the Suns, the, the Nets, the, the Jazz. Right, anybody, the Lakers, anybody, Sixers, anybody out there, um, and I think that's where the NBA is today. There's no team out there that I think that would force the Warriors, if Clay is semi-healthy, for them to say that they're much better than the Warriors. I could, I could go with that. I'm, I'm, I'm at least putting this on ice until I see how they look with Clay coming back. I just, I still have questions about their five-man closing lineup when it gets to like serious basketball time. Like, what's that going to be? Is Wiggins going to play this, the the power forward can he rebound well enough he's not Harrison Barnes he's not Kevin Durant he's more of a perimeter oriented player so who's going to be that guy who's kind of the second big next to Draymond if they play Jordan Poole are they too small if they play Iguodala is it are they too old I mean there's there's questions I like the roster a lot I think they're right there but there's there's let's just say there's games to be seen let's see how they look when clay comes back before anything else I've, I've moved off of my you need to trade for siakam or whoever stance to uh, let's wait and see but you know the nba this season feels like it comes down to three players clay thompson kyrie irving Kawhi leonard like it feels like it comes down to those three guys Ooh, Kawhi, I, I was i can't decide if he's coming back or not i, I know i know what i'm saying exactly right that's kind of the point like you said last week, like, if, if Kai comes back, it's a scary team. Agreed. Uh, Kyrie Irving comes back. Obviously, we know. We I'll, know throw, a scary I'll, throw, team. I'll throw one more in there. GM LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, trade deadline LeBron, right? Four, four things this season that are decided. It's those three. And what the hell is LeBron going to do in L.A.? Is he going to go back to Cleveland or what's going on? Um, I, I want to throw Jamal Murray in there, but I feel like MPJ's done for the season. So I want, I'm going to count out the uh, Denver's just having Denver. just having a nightmare year with the yeah. health. I feel bad for them, but yeah, I'm with you. Those um, four no, guys. No, that makes, that makes sense to me. It's if Kyrie comes back, Brooklyn is a different animal. Um, Clay the favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Clay determines a lot of things with the Warriors and, you know, I don't think Kawhi's coming back, but if Kawhi's back, the Clippers are scary. And then, um, you know, LeBron can always trade Russ for someone else. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Maybe they'll get Dame. I don't know. Who knows? I want to throw one premium question in here for, for the listeners so they can see what's up with the premium Discord and everything. Uh, Daniel throws this question out here. What team do you think will make calls for Christian Wood at the deadline? Do you think the Warriors have a realistic offer? Don't really care about other teams right now. Um, <laughs> let's talk Warriors. Do you want Christian Wood? 
Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched too much Christian Wood because he plays on the Houston Rockets, but I have watched a couple games of him. Um, he feels like that. Type well, he, has, of he hasn't gotten, he hasn't changed since last year, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but the type of player that he is also hasn't changed in my opinion. He's just not Demonis. Okay. Demonis Sabonis was brought up by a friend of the show, Andre Snellings. Just kidding. Don't know who he is. Uh, but ESPN threw out a trade that the Warriors should trade all the rookies for Demonis Sabonis because he's a big, he can score, he can pass. He's a good player. And I'm not saying that Christian Wood is Demonis Sabonis, but it feels to me he's like that type of big who's really good for fantasy. Can shoot, can score, can dribble, can do really cool stuff. A couple blocks here and there. But in terms of is he a winning player? I, I have no idea. I don't think anyone has any idea. He's played on teams that have not won. Um, so as of right now, I don't see the Warriors even thinking about getting him. And even if they do, I don't think they give up anything to a point that the Rockets would care here's, for someone like Wood. Here's my rule of thumb with trading the young guys. I have to get back someone who can be in a closing lineup versus the Phoenix Suns, for example, or the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks or the post trade deadline Lakers, you know, something like that. Right. And Christian Wood strikes me as a, he's not a good defender. He looks like a good defender because he's athletic, but he strikes me as a guy who will get destroyed in the playoffs. Miles Turner, different story. Miles Turner, I know can defend at a high level. I might want to make a move for a guy like that, but guys like Sabonis, who by the way is phenomenal. Um, offensively, guys like Christian Wood who get you 20 and 10 and the numbers are going to look sexy and it's efficient and all that sort of stuff. I'm not mortgaging the future for guys who might only play 20 minutes a game in the Western Conference Finals because they can't defend, especially at the big man position. Like more than anything, it's like if we want a big who's going to score and can't defend, I already have James Wiseman. You know, all right, all right, <laughs> and and he might actually be able to defend in a year or two. Christian Woods, like twenty seven, do you really think he's going to become a great defender? Like he's passable against mid play mid tier playoff teams right I, now. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I I'll take my chances on James Wiseman because he's young, he's bigger, he's more athletic, and he also has a great support system around him, great coaching staff, and players around him that'll make him better. Um, so I, I'll take and my chances with that. Unless you tell me you're, you're right, like you said, you tell me. Pascal unless you telling me, yeah, shit, yeah. If you're telling me that's happening, yeah, because see, I know Siakam can be in my five man closing lineup we in saw the finals. It. I know I can play him at center or power forward next to Draymond and switch everything and be good on offense as well. Like I know that works. I'm willing to mortgage the future and take a chance that maybe one of the young guys you sell is really good for a piece like that. I'm not willing to do it for a piece I don't think can play in the Western Conference Finals or the Finals. Absolutely not. Absolutely close games, not. Sorry, not play. Close games. I know yeah. Christian Wood can play 20 minutes a game. I don't think you close it against the Suns with Christian Wood. Yeah. No, no. And I, it's just, just fantasy basketball stuff at that point. I'm not even going to bother. So I'm glad he you is agree. A a, he is a hell of a fantasy player. Though. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. But I think the Warriors play a different type of ball. Winning basketball. All right, do we have any more? Is that it? That's it. We're going to end it there. We'll be back. There'll be green rooms after the Magic and the Blazers game this week.